thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. It's time to kick your shoes off, put your heels up, and listen to how to live your best barefoot lifestyle with your host, the barefoot podiatrist, Paul Thompson. Hello, and welcome back to the Barefoot Movement Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Thompson, and today I want to talk about flat feet. Now, we've all heard about them, we're all scared of them, and we all want to avoid them, but let's have a chat around what they really are. Are they as bad as we've heard about? And what can we do to fix our flat feet or help avoid flat feet? I quite often get people coming in wanting me to assess their feet because they're concerned they're flat or I hear of people buying certain shoes or buying themselves insoles to avoid having flat feet or to fix their flat feet. But what is a true flat foot? Flat feet is technically when the arch has collapsed, okay, and the ankles rolled in excessively. So we end up with literally a flat arch, which hence gives us the flat foot title. But it's essentially having too much pronation, and pronation is when the foot rolls in, the ankle and arch roll in, and that's a natural part of our movement and our anatomy. But there is no perfect arch height. Like To this date, there's no research to suggest that we need you know, two centimetres of arch height or a centimetre of arch height. There's no one arch height that fits all. And as a podiatrist, I see people with all different arch heights and some of which, regardless of how high or flat their arch is, may have very functional feet or they may have very dysfunctional feet. So flat feet is something that can be misinterpreted, misunderstood, but it's definitely not something to be scared of. They can be problematic, but we've become so conditioned and concerned around flat feet as a postural thing rather than a movement thing. So what I mean by that is when standing still and assessing the arch height of people, like in my opinion now, it doesn't really matter, I don't think, to what height your arch is. I'm more concerned with how your foot's moving and how your arch is moving and reacting when walking or jumping or squatting. So the two types of flat feet is a structural flat foot or a functional flat foot. So when we're looking at a structural flat foot, that's normally something that has a bony change to it. So the bones are generally uh, designed or, or made in a flatter position 
And that can be a lot harder for people with that sort of structure to create an arch. But this is a very small percent of the population. And, I mean, I've seen people with with structural flat feet that don't have any issues and have pain. But likewise, I've also seen lots of people with a structural flat foot that have a lot of problems. But the bulk of flat feet is what's known as a functional flat foot. So essentially the bones are... You know, somewhat normal, but the muscles and the nerves and the tendons and the range of motion um, or something within our anatomy has or is not working properly and it's not allowing the arch to develop um, to its full potential. Now, with a functional flat foot, for a lot of those people, you can actually get them to create an arch or you may even see when they're sitting down they have a slight arch but when standing up the foot just compresses and collapses um, down and there's no control over that arch so this is the bulk of the population with flat feet and for these people with a functional flat foot there's normally more risk of injury and, and pain associated with that type of flat foot just purely because the body's not controlling the foot in the way that it should. So it's something that's been acquired because of a, a deeper problem. Now, for a lot of people as well, flat feet isn't something that's there in isolation. Okay, so you're not going to have a flat foot and that be the only problem that you have okay so quite often there's some hip dysfunction going on there might be some knee issues might be some core and breathing issues as well as uh, muscles in the arch um, tendons in the arch joints that may be causing that arch to not um, function to its optimal level so the arch develops at around the age of six years of age. And the way that happens is through using the foot and the body. Now, unfortunately for many of us, we're put into shoes really early. So we're learning to walk, learning to stand, and we're being put in shoes. We're also put into um, sitting positions, like in chairs, For long periods of time from around the age of five, which is when we go to school, we're stuck in chairs for long periods of time. And we may even have things like heavy backpacks or um, restrictive clothing that can change the way we move. But the two big ones, actually the three big ones, I think that are are really important in um, growing a flat foot is the rigid stiff footwear. So trying to protect the arch and support the arch too early means the muscles in the arch um, and the foot won't fire as well as they could. So the old use it or lose it principle comes into play and we don't develop the arch because we're not using it. We don't need to use it. We've put an artificial support, whether it be by a shoe or an orthotic, in the shoe or on the foot 
And all of a sudden that tells the brain, well, we don't really need to worry about developing those muscles because something else is there looking after them. The second big one I just mentioned is chairs. So we spend the first 12, 18 months strengthening and developing uh, neural pathways and muscles to our hips and our core so that we can eventually stand up. Now, the feet, hips, and core are really interconnected. Okay, that's how we create stability and how we create torque. And by torque, I mean creating external rotation. So the muscles in the hips help to rotate the legs or the knees sort of away from each other. So we're creating a bit of torque, a bit of um, rotational energy in our legs, which helps to hold the arch up, but it also helps with a lot of other things in the body from a postural point of view. Now, sitting for long periods of time can start to inhibit the glutes as well as create impingements and shortening of tendons in the hips. So over time, we start to change the ability to create that torque in the lower limb as well as um, disconnect, I guess, from our hips and our feet. So from a physical point of view, the between the shoes and the chairs, the hips really start to affect the way our body needs to hold the arch up and the way it does hold the arch up. And then the third big one is food. So inflammation in the body can change the way the core fires, it can change the way muscles fire. So very indirectly, unlike the chairs and the shoes, food can start to affect the way our body moves and therefore the way our body uses the arch in the in the foot again this can start at an early age through development if like a child is subject to um, lots of sugar or foods that cause inflammation or foods that inhibit the core firing as well as it should and that was mentioned um, there was a great podcast I did with Helen Patteron um, some time back and she goes into some of the uh, way food and gut health can affect our movement so if you're interested in that side of things be sure to check out um, that podcast another big thing that can cause the feet to collapse or create more of a flat-footed appearance is joint range of motion. So when we start losing the ability to bend our big toe as well as we could or bend our ankle as well as we could, we then start changing the way we walk and we develop more of a duck-footed walking style. So when we start having that more duck-footed walking style, instead of walking over the ankle like we should be, we end up cheating because the big toe doesn't bend or because the ankle doesn't bend or there could be the hips not extending as well as it could. We can twist the hip out to help compensate for that. And by having that duck-footed stance, 
as we walk and load the foot um, with our body weight, we start rolling in over the arch. So instead of creating that external rotation, so that sort of screwing the feet into the ground and winding that arch up as we propel, we end up rolling our foot inwards as we walk over and we start rolling in over the arch. And the muscles in the arch, they can be quite strong, but they're, they're muscles. They, you, know, you can train them, you can strengthen them up, but they can only do so much. And the muscles in the feet are quite small, so they rely on the bigger muscles upstream to help initiate that torque and that, that external rotation. Then the muscles in the foot and the arch can do what they need to do to hold the arch up and to propel us forward. Now, people do get concerned about flat feet. It is a topic that gets thrown around, that flat feet are the bane of all illness. You know, it's like, oh, you've got flat feet. That's what's causing your plantar fasciitis. That's what's causing your Achilles tendonitis. The thing is that it's not the flat feet so much that's the issue. It's the fact that generally you're not creating that external rotation and not creating the propulsion you need to drive off the foot properly. So flat feet is something that we do get quite concerned about and we're conditioned to worry about, but they are a natural or flat feet and pronation, so where the foot does roll in, to some degree it's a normal thing. And we need to stop getting so concerned about it because we do need it. The foot has two roles that it plays. It goes from a mobile adapter to a rigid lever. Okay, so it's a really complex piece of equipment, our feet. But the foot needs to be able to do both. Now, we get caught up in worrying about having a higher arch and you know, good good foot posture. But when the foot's got the higher arch, then that's when the foot's generally locking up. Okay, so it becomes rigid. As you wind that arch up, and especially during movement, it creates a locking effect through the foot. That foot becomes rigid and you can propel off it with more power pronation and and where the foot flattens out that's a normal part of our body absorbing shock so when the foot hits the ground the body's designed to unlock the foot and the foot should collapse to some degree but with control and that's to absorb impact it's to contort over the surface underneath the foot and then as we load the foot and put more weight over the foot and then start to wind the big toe up to propel forward, as we go through those movements, the foot goes through a locking phase and sort of winding that arch back up to propel with efficiency. So you can see the foot needs to do both. So trying to stop pronation altogether is not such a good thing. It can cause other issues. Now, I'm not saying all pronation and all sort of flat-footedness 
is a good thing because a lot of people, especially with functional flat feet, during movement can end up with problems. But to some degree, the foot does need to roll in. And we need to stop trying to lock the foot up and over-protect it. What we need to do is work on creating more of a functional foot. Now, to do this, we need to obviously get out of the shoes a bit more, but start working on strengthening and mobilizing the foot, the ankle, and checking the hips. So making sure that the foot has all the other parts upstream working well to help create that higher arch and either prevent or or fix the flat-footedness. But by, yeah, putting an orthotic or something rigid in there, and there are times where we need to do that to get people out of pain or to help out while we mobilize things and get things uh, moving. But for the most part, I think the way we're conditioned to fix flat feet with, you know, orthotics and rigid shoes and trying to prevent flat feet with rigid shoes, it's counterintuitive. It's just, it doesn't work because all it does is create an even flatter foot and more reliance on that supportive footwear or orthotic. When it comes to flat feet, if you have flat feet, you think you have flat feet and you have pain associated with that, then you need to get assessed. Like you need to have your pain assessed and treated. When you're walking, if that foot's collapsing in and collapsing too far and the whole chain, so the knees, the hips, all rotating in with the foot, and then stay rolled in, there's no external rotation happening during propulsion, then that's kind of red flags. That's when we need to start looking at how we can get that external rotation um, back in the body to help the foot out and try and prevent some of those aches and pains that may develop over time or the higher risk of injury. So one of the big injuries that um, is linked with flat feet is ACL tears. And quite often that's because the foot will roll in too far. The person has no control over the foot, no control over the hip, and everything's just rolling in. The knee caves in too far, and all of a sudden the knee's in a really vulnerable position, and it doesn't take much for that ACL to snap versus having the foot really strong and controlled, the hip strong and controlled, then the knee's going to be in a much more stable position and a lot harder to break. So where do you get started? Now, if you have the pain, like I said, get assessed um, to make sure whatever pain you have is treated and nothing too serious. But from a foot point of view, um, I'd still recommend you get assessed um, like functionally, get your walking patterns assessed, and um, I'd do them online or in clinic if need be. But then... Some simple tips to get started is short foot, all right? So the exercise of keeping the big toe joint on the ground, the little toe joint on the ground, the inside and outside of the heel, nice and even, but on the ground, 
and then trying to draw the ball of the foot back towards the heel. So you're lifting the arch up, creating a bit of external rotation. And you'll feel the muscle down the inside of the arch start to contract. You want to hold that for about 10 seconds. Squeeze that muscle and then relax. Repeat that about five times each foot, holding that muscle for about 10 seconds each time. You could then progress to doing that standing to add more weight under the foot. Working on some um, ankle range of motion, so some calf stretches, some calf foam rolling. Um, would be some nice simple ones to get started with as long as you have no um, previous injuries or aches or pains in those areas. Working on getting some hip extensions, so some um, like lunging, um, like a stretch in a lunge position to stretch the hip flexors out. Working on strengthening the glutes, so some Pilates moves like bridging or um, some side clams can be fantastic just to get the muscle kicked into gear. They'd be some really simple ones just to get started. And then from there, you'd obviously then want to look at um, things that are more uh, prescribed to you personally based on what else isn't working. But it's seriously not that hard. Like, you know, I see people fix their flat feet all the time. Like, I had flat feet um, for a long time and relied on orthotics and supportive shoes. And just through, yeah, doing some simple exercises to kick some muscles back into gear, get the feet moving again, and then going through drills to train not only the muscles but my neural system on how the foot should be functioning through movement was really powerful. And, you know, sure, there's times where if I get a bit slack doing some exercises and I'm sitting too much, or eating bad food and you know my body feels inflamed, then I feel my foot or my feet starting to to go back to, you know, wanting to flatten out because I'll start to compensate. Um like my hips have always been an issue. Really tight in the hip flexors, which inhibits my glutes. So if I'm not really consistent in keeping them strong and functional in my hips, then it's my feet that start to really suffer, not my hips. So, you know, you need to find what it is for you that's causing the feet to flatten out and address that as well. So, to recap, flat feet aren't as bad as we make out because it is a natural part of walking and absorbing shock. It's actually a good thing for your body to be able to flatten those feet out but with control. But the trick is that that foot also needs to then supinate or pull the arch back up at the right time to create stability. Like I mentioned, it's shoes and like rigid shoes, the heeled shoe that all lead to the feet wanting to flatten out more. So, you know, safely, if you can, start to transition into some more barefoot movement where you can to help get that arch having to fire and strengthen up. If you do sit a lot, see where you can counterbalance that, whether it's incorporating a standing desk, whether it's um, stretching like the hips, strengthening the, the glutes, whatever it is for you. But 
yeah, make sure you pay attention to your hips um, when looking at flat feet because there's definitely a link there and you, you don't want to miss that. The feet and the hips are you know, really connected and, and the muscles in the feet um, are only as good as the muscles that are helping it, which is the hips. And to fix flat feet, you want to start strengthening some of the muscles in the foot as well as the hips and make sure the range of motion's there. So I hope this gives you a little bit of insight into uh, flat feet and a little bit of hope that you know if you have flat feet or you're worried your kids might develop flat feet, that not always the case. There are ways to prevent it and also ways to fix it. And if you're not sure whether your foot's um, a functional flat foot or a structural flat foot, then get assessed. Start to think more about how your foot's moving and how flat your foot's moving during things like walking and squatting because that's where injuries occur. That's what we need to focus on, moving better. And where possible, trying to move barefoot more to actually use the muscles and joints in the way they're designed to move. For those of you who aren't already, jump on my Instagram page at the Barefoot Podiatrist. There's lots of exercises on there that are fantastic for fixing flat feet. So I encourage you to get on there and see which ones um, look like they work for you. Just be mindful if you are in pain. Obviously, get assessed. Take it easy when transitioning to um, more barefoot or minimalist shoes. And take care, obviously, when starting any new exercise regime. But that's the way forward. If you want to have a more functional body and a body that supports you from the ground up, it's about taking some proactive, um, a proactive approach and building the strength and stability that your body needs to keep you out of pain and keep you um, at a lower risk of developing injuries so thanks for listening in and i look forward to talking to you guys again soon this has been a production of the check us out on facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash the wellness couch subscribe to each show on itunes and check us out on twitter the wellness couch streaming wellness into your lives Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.